Hey gang, welcome back to the Egotastic Fun Time Podcast. I'm JP, and I'm talking today to two very awesome people with some great insights into the world of acting, the world of acting in a sci-fi series, and the uh, the world of being a person. Peter Macon, who plays Bordis on the Orville, and another Orville, uh, Mocklin, that is very much beloved by the fandom. Rena Owen, who plays Havina, the first female Mocklin that we see in the series. I'm very interested to find out one of these days, uh, aka season four of the Orville, what's really going on with Mockless when it comes to the, the female side of their species. How did this come about? How far back are we going when it comes to uh, when the male side of the population started hating on the female side of the population? Does it go back uh, to the days of uh, when the species was evolving? Did they realize the males were s- stronger and, and fitter, I guess you would say? Um, and they just started getting rid of the female side of their species when they you know, figured out or maybe uh, they engineered their own evolution so that the males can also reproduce. Maybe it was already a natural thing that males and females on both sides can reproduce. Either way, we don't know. I think it goes back incredibly far in the history of the species. But um, that's something for Seth MacFarlane to tell us about uh, in future seasons of The Orville. And I hope we get those future seasons. Uh, season 4 isn't quite enough for me. I kind of need at least 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Anyway, enjoy my conversations with these two wonderful people, and I'll see you on the other side. First off, it's just great to see you. I was uh, we, we ran into each other a little bit at the uh, the Electric Sheep premiere, yeah, in, in LA at IMAX. So that was a good time. Uh, yeah, for yeah. you, I mean, this is something I always ask everybody: How was it for you to actually be able to show people what you've been working on all these years? For years, right? You know what I mean? I yeah. feel like you know, elephants are pregnant for two years. It felt kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> Because it was such a, it's such a, it's such amazing, you know, uh, work, you know, and it was just like, we slogged through COVID, we slogged through, you know, these are big episodes, like transitioning to Hulu, where we have an extra 15 minutes per episode, mm. we basically made 10 movies. Yeah. And, and we, we were shooting, uh, we're block shooting and shooting out a sequence. So, you know, we could be working on episode three and then the next day working on episode seven and then it was kind of all over the place. So it was really hard to feel, you know, an accumulation of, of what we were doing. And so when we got to see it uh, at the premiere, like on an IMAX screen, which I think, I mean, if you're going to do a science fiction yeah. showcase, like show on, and the IMAX is the way to go. So it was so great to see it on like a gigantic screen with the sound and, you know, because of all of the production, 
values. I mean, all the all the VFX and all the sound and the scoring, you know what I mean? The cinematography, uh, the way that they even lit it, you know, was just much more cinematic. So it was, uh, and it was just so great to be like, we told you we were working on some good shit. You just got to see it and wait. <laughs> right? Know? Absolutely. So, I mean, it must have just been a huge relief. I mean, I've been waiting forever. I mean, I wasn't, I was working on talking about the Orville. You were working yeah. on making the Orville. So even for me, it was just a huge relief to be able to, I mean, I already seen a couple episodes by then, but to see it with everyone else, to see it with you guys, yeah. to see it. Yeah. And of course you can't get a better audience than, having the production and their family there in the audience. Yeah, because yeah, everybody had to put up with us, uh, you know, the support team, like my families and people's families and just being gone and, you know, whatever for, for so long. It was just, you know, it's like a great kind of gift, you know, to give everyone. And here's the thing, like we, I believe that that, uh, that episode that we aired, that we, that we, you know, premiered, I think we had that done at least this uh, principal photography for that was done mm -hmm. a year and a half ago. Uh, yeah, a <laughs> lifetime ago. So it's like I don't even remember what 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 it was, and so it was a treat for me to see. But um, yeah, it was such a labor of love, and it just took forever um, to to produce. But you know, I mean, and a lot of it was post production. You know, like I mm -hmm. said, like scoring that episode, I mean, with like the 70, 80 piece orchestra that they had for every episode. So if you go back and you watch it just for the, 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 the scoring alone, um, you know, it's, it's huge. It's, it's, it's a big, big, big old space show. And, you know, they didn't, um, they didn't hold back, you know, um, yeah. so it just took, took, took a while, but certainly well worth the wait, I think. And like these episodes that have, you know, I'm looking forward to watching, um, what is it? Episode six today? Like, uh, I mean, I think oh yeah, episode six. Yeah, um, twice in a lifetime, which I've already seen. I won't yeah. spoil it for you, but it's oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I am so interested in Bordis, Peter, because besides just being a, a, a mirror or a, a, at least someone who's observing humanity and kind of uh, kicking back to the audience, you know, kind of how humans are mm -hmm. uh, from your point of view, seeing seeing the the path that Bordas has taken he's not just comic relief he's had plenty of serious episodes since season one but wow did we get inside Bordas's mind and heart in a tale of two topas how how yeah. was that experience for you you know it was it was uh god how was it i you know it there okay first i have to like sort of de like compartmentalize all that i know that's you know, that's, that's coming mm -hmm. um, and all that, that, that has happened. Right. You know, so like from off the, from the jump, you know, it's like the dude lays, lays eggs, he needs paternity leave and you find out what his relationship is with his mate. He, like, and they're not getting along and his mate tries to kill him and divorce him. And they, they work, they go to, you know, therapy, but it's like all, you know, predicated around like these very real uh, parental issues about deciding the fate of our child. So like, you know, he, he's operating on like this macro and this micro space all the time. And the macro being like, I'm sort of a, he's a, like a misfit. He's like a misfit Mocklin, right? I mean, he doesn't subscribe to, you know, the Mocklin belief system um, about gender assignment. So that but he used to. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that he had to, you know, but there's, there's this journey where like 
it's it's we don't see it and but in the story he at some point he has to decide you know this isn't for me i'm gonna go join the planetary union and 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 you know he's he's um curious because he's an explorer he's a scientist sort of at heart um an explorer and not just a traditionalist but he's you know you know shacking up with a traditionalist and mm -hmm. you know but and the love for Clyden is real because it's his mate you know and they have this child and you know things are just and you know and then he you know develops a porn addiction because he, well, well more, I would say it's more of an, an escape you know yeah. than 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 you know than just you know labeling it uh blandly as like a porn addiction that almost gets everybody killed by the way yeah. um, and, <laughs> um and you know, but but so so he's operating, you know, in these kind of these in this with this duality, you know, like every time we're in a space battle, you know, um, not only am I concerned, uh, is he concerned for his crew members, but his family's on board, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, like and just having to have steel, you know, like keeping your head on the swivel, ice cold, you know, uh, non-emotional, um, you know, to do his job to run the ship you know, like in concert with everything else to keep everyone alive. So there's all that, you know, but it's all still coming to a head, which is, you know, the, 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 it's, it's great writing that, you know, despite all of this, you know, there's still, you know, and it's still, you, you'll see in a, in a few episodes, it's, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of came to a head with, you know, Clyden, you know, leaving, um, and Topa now fully realized female. Um, but you know, it was, it was, it was one of those juicy, gratifying actory kind of episodes to shoot because, you know, Chad and I both are, grew up in the theater. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, it, it felt like, I mean, it, it, well, it felt like we were doing a movie, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Just like the, the synergy, um, with really listening, um, you know, kind of as, as, as theater actors must do on stage, really listening. Well, the, the majority of the work is listening so that you're informed by how, what your reaction is, even though we all know the words, we all know the script and stuff like that. But, but just, you know, taking the temperature of the room and, you know, like doing it as a piece of theater where it's like, this is creating, this is being created here and now. And, you know, we did a few takes, but, you know, they were all very strong and it was just like everything was kind of set up, you know, for us to really, you know, embrace, um, you know, the, 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 the magnitude of, of the circumstances. So mm -hmm. it was incredibly rewarding. And when I watched it, I was actually, I'm, I, I don't normally like to watch myself, but with yeah. Bordas, I love watching Bordas because it's like the, the, the veil of the mask is there. Yeah. It's just, you're, you're seeing your performance without right. having to see yeah. you. Without having to see me. So like, yeah. Because I look at myself in the mirror when I have the makeup on, and I'm like, "Where are you? Are you in there anywhere?" Like, <laughs> so it's easy for me to watch that and to 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 watch that episode with all these different emotional layers going on. And then we we're still learning about this guy. We're still learning about like how he could be vulnerable. Oh, hey! All right, we finally got our first sponsor. Super cool, you guys. We all live in a world where millions of people planet-wide are not only living with severe hunger, but elbow-to-elbow in elbow densely populated areas crowded on top of each other like cattle on a beef farm. Why can't there be a simple solution to eradicate so much suffering today? Well, now there is! Cannibalism! 
Say what you will about cannibalism, but it's the one thing that can end hunger and overpopulation all in one go. Eating one rich person a day might feel like you're only taking care of 1% of the problem, but it really does add up. What's more important, a billionaire's space race or humanity's race for more space? Cannibalism. Available wherever people are, which is everywhere. Cannibalism. You know, like, uh, and even, you know, getting sort of past the, you know, the fact that, you know, Mocklin's cry, which, which is an odd thing technically, because it's like, well, their, 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 their inner makeup is mm. not very, is not the same as human beings. But at the end of the day, we are watching actors, human actors, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, you know, delve into these emotional circumstances and, you know, involuntarily like tears just come out and you know you I sort of let that slide you know like because you know it, it's it's hard i'm such a, a critic of of uh you know the the exploration of alien like three-dimensionality it's like well crying is a very human thing right so <laughs> i mean it would be it, it would be it would you know if there were time or, or whatever to, to explore like some other like maybe they cry through their nose or yeah you know, but well it like, could be geloja tears yeah it, it could be <laughs> some leakage yeah. you know if you don't really but you know like there's only so much you can do um and so but the emotional you know the universe like the the universality is it the word the, the, the universal nature of 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 emotional experience mm -hmm. you know that's connecting to everybody i think that that's something that I let myself off the hook for of being like, well, it's, it's all right to cry. Yeah. And you're connecting with the audience too, yeah. which are all yeah. humans. So that's something <clears throat> that they will understand. And a lot of people in that episode, the viewers were crying. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I see people post that all the time. Yeah. Uh, uh, how a lot of the episodes this season are making people cry in, in a beautiful, thoughtful way. Yeah. Um, but you and Chad together, I mean, it's obvious you guys are, are, are listening to each other and reacting to each other. Yeah. One thing I love about uh, <clears throat> Chad is his, his listening, his, his reactions. Yeah. I mean, he could say yeah. words just by blinking. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's very and, good that way. And, and you guys play out do in the mask, you know, mm -hmm. in, in the prosthetics, it's like, it's very limited by, you know, like you only really have your eyes and your, like your maw mm -hmm. to like, you know, really connect. You and know, it, it comes through, especially in that episode. I was like, oh, my gosh, Bordis is crying. I and mean, we've yeah. seen him upset in a personal yeah. way before, but not moved uh, to tears. Yeah. Um, the most beautiful line in that episode to me was when, when Bordis says to Topa, you are perfect. Yeah. I mean, that really just, for me, that closes out where Bordis is coming from. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I still feel that Clyden is the last piece of that full overall story uh, when we catch up back with him. Yeah, but just to see Bordis be so vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, and how how ripped apart, you know, are you, or is he at that point? It's like he's losing his mate, you know. But it's like if your mate, if you you know, like if your partner is willing to walk out on their your child, then you're, you're fucking dead to me. You know yeah, I mean? right. Like it's like, I, what choice are you leaving me? You know, like I, I, I can't. You know, so, but without spoiling anything, you know, it, it's it's uh, it'll it'll you know, you like you said, there is 
it's a fragment. It's a it's a it's a piece of the. It's it's like you you're working on a crazy fifteen thousand piece puzzle, and you know, like you get this piece solid, but then all of this is still, you know, yet to be discovered, and um, we're not going to leave you hanging. And I well, Bordis always starts with the corner piece when it comes to a puzzle. That's the best way to go, man. You know, what I mean? <laughs> with puzzle cake. You know, <laughs> so um, yeah, stay tuned because. I really, you know, like, and this is this season has been great for this character because just when you think you've seen it all, you, you, we definitely have not. Um, well, every episode, in in a way, kind of outdoes the previous episode, which was already amazing. They're bangers. So, yeah, absolutely. How was it working with uh, Amani Pullum? Oh, she is just wonderful. I mean, like. Like I, and she just, she remind, <laughs> I don't know. Some might pop off in a minute here. Oh, that's um, fine. She, um, she reminded me a lot. She reminds me a lot of myself. Um, like just this earnest, um, humility, um, curious, you know, well, like just you know, well mannered, gentle natured, like all of those things. Um, and she's she works. She, she works hard. You know what I mean? And to have to still get up and go to school the next day and all this stuff. It's like, you know, like when I was that age, like I was doing, you know, like working and still had homework and stuff to do. And she's just such a wonderful person um, and just a generous, you know, uh, pro. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like showed up and just ready to go and like, no, you know, you forget that she was, I think at the time she was like 17 or something like that when you know, so young and let's trying to figure out what her next move was. If, you know, we'd have talks about like, uh, I think she wound up going to NYU and um, we'd have talks about, you know, what the next phase of the trajectory is with her career, and, you know, just a good listener and just mm-hmm. such a sweetheart. Um, and so that all just manifested itself in like my sort of paternal, you know, wanting to, you know, um, just be a Virgil for her, if you will. Like, I mean, like from the Divine Comedy or like just like a, a shepherd or just like someone to just like look out for her or just run blocking for her. But she didn't need me, you know what I mean? In the sense of all of that, like she <clears throat> she um, just 100%, um, just an amazing scene partner, amazing actor to work with. Um, and, you know, just a, just a delightful, a delightful um, person, mm-hmm. you know, so. Um, and, and, you know, like, and it was hard, she had, you know, it was hard for her mm-hmm. and that stuff came through in her performance, like the confusion of, of, of identity and who I am and being lied to and like, you know, all these things. And, you know, so it, 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 it was, I have nothing but praise, uh, for her. And like, I think that, I mean, it's just, it's just so, so, and just, you know, like technical, you know, like, you know, they changed up the mask um subtly yeah for her it was like when she was a boy and then when she was a girl they softened up some things or whatever yeah like, i've compared back and forth i'm like yeah, yeah. It's, it's softer yeah and um you know like they, they, they weren't altering her 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 voice and stuff like that but she, even her i would watch her work on her physicality you know yeah. and just you know and it just and the poor thing it's like you know we started the beginning of that episode um like a year and a half ago and mm-hmm. we like we finished it up, you know, like it was like a year between between like the, the 
beginning and the end of the shoot for that mm-hmm. episode. And like, you know, okay. she had to, 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 you know, keep all of that stuff in the air over time and then come back and jump right into it. So, you know, kudos to her for, cause that, that, that's, that's, that's difficult. Um, yeah. And it all came across very well during the episode. Yeah. Uh, there is one big last thing that we have to talk about. And it was actually a, a, a beautiful sentiment uh, offered by Bordis and the crew. Uh, got a, we got Bordis singing. I know, right? <laughs> uh, and your voice, your voice is amazing. Amazing, Bordis can sing. It's official. Can, Everybody can knows. Carry a tune. He can carry a tune. He's not tone deaf, and it was. But at the same time, it's like it's still walking that line of like, you know, obviously English is not his first language. Singing, uh, in, singing uh, human songs is not his first. You know, I mean, I mean he's a great. He's a hit, like he's a huge on Machlis. I mean, like mm. all of the karaoke circuits. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, but it's more like more much more of a beat, a, much a more, beat going on. Much yeah, like <laughs> uh like or the Bauhaus or just like very like, you know, I don't know. But so the, I'm saying on to say is like that was uh that was a journey um to find that that fine line of like, well, he can sing. I mean, yeah. he, he, he's, he, he's not a bad singer, but he's not a great singer by any means. And like, you know, like finding in that song, um, those two songs, actually, the uh, Nature Boy and uh, um, the Frank Sinatra, Walk Alone, those are not, that, that, that was not easy for me because, um, you, you know, like my, I'm a baritone and some of those like notes were low tenor and they're sustained mm-hmm. and, and having to do them over and over again and i you know experienced some vocal fatigue but but like the, the but the key was you know to try to, to 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 put it together in my head where this guy studied you know singing studied human singing and you know and that was you know it, i i think it was much better than if he was like this virtuoso right like because yeah. that it's, i think it's 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 you know and that's something that i try to it's like or if he's bad you know what I mean? Like, I think if he was a really bad singer, I think we would have lost, you know, like some of the, you know, like the empathy that we had for him, you know, and like just even like his, you know, learned, like learned, like, you know, like. Very, yeah, very, he's having a, he's on a little pageant or something. Yeah. Trying to find his inner Celine Dion. Yeah. yeah. And watching all the videos, you know, for in his off time of you know, like while he's practicing and, and hats off to, you know, Kai too, because he like, he learned those songs, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I mean, this guy, man, he's, you know, we saw him for the premiere and, <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's like a teenager, young yeah. man. But he's uh, very sweet. I met him at the premiere. Uh, he's the uh, sweetest like, kid. I, I can't say enough about yeah, how, how, yeah. how cool he was. Man, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, he is amazing. So, you know, the singing, um, you know, and like a lot of the Frank's, a lot of the walk alone um, stuff, you know, wound up on the editing room floor. But we, I sang the whole song, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I mean, if there were time, I imagine we, you know, there, there was some some great stuff where they were zooming, zooming in and, you know, really like you could see. I, you know, him working, you know, to try to make this perfect presentation, even though mm-hmm. it's like, again, macro micro, like he's got in the back of his head. You know that this surgery is going on and mm-hmm. 
you know, like everything is like, it's, so it's sort of a, a sub, you know, it's subterfuge in a way. Yeah. Um, so all that stuff is working at the same time. And, you know, behind this mask is just so many layers, right? And, and there's, they're, they're paper thin, you know, like of, uh, you know, different things that are, that are going on with him at the time. And yeah, finally, like you hear Borders sing and, you know, I just can't wait <laughs> just to have everything revealed. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, cause there's, there's some. I'm sure great- there'll be some special cuts coming out and shared with everybody. It looks like you got another appointment coming up in a minute or two. Yeah. So I want to yeah. thank you for stopping okay. by and okay. uh, having well, this chat and get behind the Mockland mask. You, yeah. I appreciate it. And looking forward to it. Uh, you know, and thank you again uh, for, you know, just, giving a damn (laughs) (laughs) i give a lot of dams (laughs) all right we'll talk to you later okay brother be well how's your pod going you guys you know how you go to a convention a comic con and people say how's your con how's your con going how's your pod going as you're listening to the egotastic fun time podcast i'm loving it more than McDonald's, you guys. Ba-dum-bum-bum-bum. And you can help support this podcast by going to EgotasticFunTime.com or uh, becoming a subscriber to this little bad boy uh, located wherever pods are casted. And you can uh, check out Patreon to really add your support so that we can keep doing this, keep going strong with the egotasticness. Patreon.com slash egotastic fun time something like that anyway i'm sure there's something to click in the show notes you guys talk to you soon here comes rena owen i want to talk about havina uh can you introduce havina to me what uh, who is this person that we speak of so havina is and was the first female mockland and I go back, I began in season one, episode three, where the whole issue, you know, when you look at season one, it's about character building and world building. Mm-hmm. So we learn that the Mocklins are a male only species. And that what they do is uh, if a child is born a female, well, they do a certain procedure that turns them into male and so this comes up on the ship on the union ship is their uh bortus and clyden are having a baby and they want uh dr penny to um do the procedure and of course uh, captain mercer has a great problem with this whole idea of a baby's being realigned as i think it, it, most of us would and yeah. so he has his crew research and try to find a way of how they can get around this. And Mm. basically through their research, he finds out that actually there is a living female Mocklet who's Mm. been hiding in the mountains all her life. And the first little scene where you see me is when they come to the cave and Mm. find me. And, And obviously between scenes, um, he explains to me what's happening, and I show up in the courtroom where I have that beautifully written 
monologue. Oh yeah, very much so. And we got to revisit that monologue. And we got to revisit that in episode five and mm-hmm. uh, New Horizons scene three, season three. And I thought, you know, they'd probably just take the original and then somehow kind of do CGI and put mm-hmm. Topher in there to kind of look at it. But oh no, 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 these guys don't work that way. They no. for the very <laughs> you're talking, you're talking next level. Yeah, the Seth MacFarlane and his creative crew and his heads of department. I mean, these are Oscar winners, these people, and they just they don't compromise. They're going to go, no, nope, we're going to mm-hmm. do this whole thing. And so they sent me the whole storyboard. They sent me the original clip so I could prepare to recreate the scene. And mm-hmm. it's not an easy thing to do because you, you really have to study it and go, well, how did I do that line? What did I feel at that moment? Yeah, you have to but, do an impression of yourself. It, exactly. But we did. We nailed it. And in fact, when I watched it, I'm like, did they use some takes from the original scene? Because it was that spot on yeah i edited both both scenes side by side together uh and just so i could see what was new what was from the original episode and uh wow it lines up just so beautifully it was it was spot on and i think you know which is like what i think seth Seth may have thought in his mind when you've got them all in that room together the emotion it brings to the scene it was just incredible because it's there. It's like happening for the first time mm. versus, well, this is just Topa watching that speech on a TV screen, so to speak. It just gave it the, the poignancy that yeah. it needed to help her character make that decision about, you know what, I want to be what I was born to be. Exactly. And, um, which then, of course, le- le- leads to uh, episode eight, which was <laughs> Sanctuary, <huge>. yeah. <laughs> Oh no, Century was in season two. Topa doesn't come in until um Oh you mean that yeah, the la- yeah, the- I know what you're st- I-, I got stuck on season two real quick. I didn't realize you're talking about season three, yes. which has been amazing. Almost every episode is a tearjerker. It, it, it's, it's it's look, New Horizons is exactly that. It's New Horizons. Seth mm. and his team have just uh, including his uh sh- series regulars have just taken the show to a whole nother level. It's it's as good as it gets when it comes to sci-fi. Uh, yeah, I couldn't movie. agree more. Uh, you know, it keeps, keeps you on the edge of your seat, right? You just don't know what's going to happen next, which is what makes it so exciting. And Havina, even though she shows up a little bit in each season, she is such a prominent character. And, and she she's basically the Harriet Tubman of the future. And that's, uh, a, that's a great way to look at her. Thank, that's an enormous compliment but you, you're right, the, the kind of woman they both are mm-hmm. and their conviction and their purpose and the whole railway, railroad road of smuggling, mm-hmm. you know, to save females in Havina's case, that, that's a great, I'm going to use that. <laughs> really cool. You go ahead, that's yours. That's yours to use now. Uh, so <laughs> many, so many of the fans really, uh, the character of, of Havina is so important to them. I've, I've had um, uh, a friend of mine want to wanted me to tell you how important that character is for so many different types of minorities, uh, different types of people being um, oppressed by uh, whoever's oppressing them for just for being who they are, or in the case of Topa, just being born the way they are, which seems like a simple thing to us. They're born female. What's wrong with that? 
but the Mocklings have a problem with that. So I think this is where you're getting your your visionaries like your George Lucas's and your Steven Spielberg's, your Seth MacFarlane's. Mm. I mean, if you look at the season, it's uncanny what's going on in our society today. And these were written three years ago. Yeah. I mean, the whole episode about abortion. Yeah, that I was mean, that was prophetic almost. They and that's visionaries. They are mm-hmm. so ahead of the times and they are creating stuff that at the time some people may not get, but you look back on it and go, oh my God. It yeah. absolutely was you know, prophetic what, what Seth has created in New Horizons. And this whole thing I think about Havina is that she does represent what's been a very big conversation in the world about just being your best you mm-hmm. and just allowing people to be who they are, even if it's something we don't agree with, just respecting basic human rights or yeah. Mockman rights in this uh, case. But um, that's what we all want. We just all want to be accepted for who we are. Exactly. And I think the Orville has done something that very few shows do which is allow you to see through the eyes of someone's point of view you might have never even considered before absolutely and and it excels where it doesn't judge or Mm -hmm. preach it just gives you the story and it lets you as the audience go home and and just think well how did i feel about that particular character how did i feel about gently falling rain i think was just another stunning episode where Um, it, it's just that, and then the two lives, uh, Scott Grimes's episode. They're just, I mean, it's just been extraordinary episodes, yeah. You know, I feel it makes this show makes us better people if, if you're watching it and you're and you're taking it in and, and, and letting it affect you. And, and speaking of Havina, we have to talk about another very important woman, uh, Dolly Parton. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Go Dolly! <laughs> yeah, you can't have, you can't have a Havina conversation without talking about Dolly. Um, <laughs> did you? I know it was filmed separately because of the restrictions and, and well, stuff. Well, no, no, it's kind of yeah, it, it, yeah. There's been a bit of mis- confusion about it. We were actually in the same room. Um, what what happened is um, they shipped half of her, the set, so her wall her back wall to Nashville. Mm-hmm. And um, John Caesar talks, uh, goes into detail about it as there's Tom on his page about uh, because we were in the midst of COVID, there was very strict rules. It could only be four of us. Mm-hmm. So that was Seth McFarlane, John Caesar, myself and Tammy Lane, who did my Hovina prosthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, Howard Burger, as you know, is head of the department and he's, he does uh, Havina's makeup and so does Tammy Lane. So he sent Tammy Tammy with me because they had a lot of, to shoot back in, at Fox Studios. And we basically, Seth put us on a private plane. We flew over on a Tuesday afternoon. And because of the time difference, we got there around 8 o'clock, 8.30. We got tested. Mm-hmm. As soon as we landed, we had dinner. We went to sleep, got up early. I got into the, the old Havina, takes at least an hour. Um, and then we out came Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, what was your impression of her getting uh, getting to work with her? Just well, it, it was surreal. 
I, I really thought it was like, because obviously I had read the scene, uh, but as they do, they have to keep everything under wraps, particularly something like Dolly. And it really wasn't till the day before we were at Disney Hall shooting the, all the council stuff in the wonderful Disney Hall. And Seth that morning said, are you looking forward to going to Nashville tomorrow? And I'm like, oh, I'm going, I'm going. It's, <laughs> it's happening. This and um, she, with Dolly, what you see is what you get. She is just the sweetest, kindest, most beautiful soul with the biggest heart mm-hmm. and, and talented and oh well then she sang to me i mean look at how good does it get dolly Parton sang to me and <laughs> and i genuinely cried because she's just she's an icon you know mm. she's american royalty she's a, a a legend and and you see with people like this why people she has so many fans because she gets back what she gives. She gives so much love. She's so supportive. And if you look at all the things she supports, with whether that's financially or in person, she showed up and supported the awful. I mean, and I'm going to tell you, as I've said only once before, she was an absolute pro. She was mm. off her page. She had all her dialogue down. She had her performance down. And when we, we only had till 12 o'clock and mm. at 12 o'clock, uh, she said to me at the end of it, she said, well, maybe I should come to LA now so I can be there to support you when they shoot your sides. <laughs> <laughs> we, we knew that wasn't possible yeah. because of COVID mm. and because of the fragility of flying and everything else. And, so when we got back to the Fox studio, I think it was the following week, if not the week after, then we shot the Havina signs. Because mm-hmm. literally when you're doing coverage, in, in a normal day, in a normal scene with actors or whoever, the camera will set up this way and shoot everything that way. So it'll mm-hmm. shoot your wide shot, your medium shot, your close-up, and then it turns around mm-hmm. and it would shoot the other characters like Havina's close-ups and mediums. Um, but we couldn't do that on the day because one, we only had Dolly for that very limited two to three hours. And secondly, even if we'd had extra time, they didn't bring her Venus back wall. So we couldn't mm. have turned around, <laughs> you know, even if we had the time to do it. Um, but it was also the kind of scene you really needed to take your time with. Yeah. And once again, these geniuses, Seth and John Caesar and, and Brandon Brannigan and, and all that department just they had they had it down they just it's attention to detail that gives you quality and they had mapped out how that whole scene was going to be put together and they actually also did a rehearsal with me the night we were out shooting the uh the scenes at the sanctuary they said hey we're gonna just you know we did a rough rehearsal of how i was going to walk in and physically kneel down and the special effects guys were there to kind of film it and Mm. then go away and map it out because you kind of need to do that, not just in an instance where you've got someone like Dolly with limited limited uh, time, but this is how we worked when we shot films on celluloid. Mm-hmm. We didn't have extra celluloid. Mm-hmm. And, and to this Time day, was money even more so back then. And, and the best director to this day, film-wise, that I've ever worked with was Lee Tamahori. Mm-hmm. who directed Once for Warriors with me and Timu- Timuetta Morrison, mm-hmm. uh, Django Fett, 
back in 1994 because we had limited celluloid. He had to cross every T and dot every I to literally know exactly how he was going to shoot each scene. And we'd do six to eight setups a day. You did not have extra celluloid on low-budget independent filmmaking. Different now with filmmakers who shoot their movies on digital because they can mm. do thousands of takes, but that's another story. Oh, what is this, an ad? Oh, this is a good one. Okay. Mocklinboro 500-pack cigarettes. For Mocklin size satisfaction with a clean, smooth, fresh finish that's easy on the throat, too. If you feel like you've been standing your entire life, come sit down and feel the tingle. Come to Mocklinboro country. All right, that wasn't so bad. I guess we can do ads on this podcast. All right, cool. Anyway, don't forget to uh, help support this uh, little podcast here on Patreon and EgotasticFunTime.com for all information regarding this crazy world of egotasticness, you guys. Yeah, it's uh, speaking of the physicality of Havina and the performance that you're giving while your face is covered up in a in a cowl prosthetics um the amount of emotion that you're able to exude behind that mask is 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 really uh, absolutely amazing what's it like working with all that get up thank on you thank you yeah i've done quite a few prosthetics uh, throughout my my career different times different characters in fact i was one of the i was the number one biggest prosthetics for angel Mm-hmm. where I played Dinza, the goddess of lost creatures, and mm-hmm. it was almost human uh, did those prosthetics, and that was a seven-hour uh, wow. toe to fingers, and I had wings, and um, that was a big deal, <laughs> those prosthetics. Um, it, that was a lot of work. Um, this one is, Havina is much easier because it really is just my head but it's not so much a mask it, because the, the the back of it is it kind of goes over mm-hmm. and then it strips. This is put on and that's put on and that's put on, that's put on. So it's still my face. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I'm going to be honest as an actress, it's the one reason why I can't do Botox because I'm a character actor mm-hmm. and my face needs to move. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, you got to be able to feel feel yeah, the, exactly. the pieces. You've got to be able to. My face needs to move, so I can't go go and freeze it. Um, and so the 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 prosthetics or that extra, it's like an extra layer of skin. It moves with my face, and I I'm very animated. Uh, but first and foremost, uh, you got to feel it, it deep inside. I'm an inside out actor, so I feel it. Mm-hmm. And and as my simple theory as an actor is my job isn't what it looks like. That's a director's job. That's cinematographer's job. Brilliant cinematographer on season season three. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and the wardrobe and makeup, they are the ones that look at the monitor and look at it. My job is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And um, so I stay focused on what it feels like. So I'm that, I'm just that kind of breed of actor where I feel my way through everything I work intuitively so if I'm feeling as I learned a long time ago feeling what I need to feel and thinking what I need to think as that character in that moment of time then the physical takes care of itself it's as a result of 
my faith moves as a result of what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree, though. It, it's always even with Bortus and Clyden and all the creatures. Mm-hmm. Good actors, no matter what's on their face, we project. Yeah, I get a lot of uh, emotion from the Mocklins because, you know, Chad L. Coleman, Peter Macon, they're all so great. Um, and, and you, one of my favorite lines from Havina, uh, as far as, you know, f- the way I feel watching her, was the line from uh, the original courtroom or the hearing scene on Mocklins where she, she simply says, and I am happy. That line and, and the emotion coming through, I mean, I just feel it. And and, um, and and the gravitas behind it, the context of it, you know, you, you're going, you're, you're, you're living your life and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And the fact that you're saying, and I am happy as if, as if, you know, because the Mocklins are probably thinking, oh, she would never be happy to, to be female on, on our planet. Mm-hmm. But she was. And that just lets people know, be yourself, do what you do. And that's where happiness will come from. That's a very, very powerful message, you know. And I think to go back, she talks about her parents, you know, who Mm. knew that they didn't want their child to be subjected to that, that it would be a violation Mm -hmm. against how she was created and how she was born. And I think that's what we've seen a lot more of in this this day and age as parents are allowing or aiding their children to be different. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it wasn't so easy uh, for a lot of my generation and, the, God, my mother's generation and the generations before us. I mean, we live in a totally different world now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I, I grew up in the 60s, 70s, so, you know, we didn't even have a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't grow up with a cell phone either. And I exactly, and I know, feel lucky that I have the memories of not having that. So I'm, I'm, I'm able to see the distraction that it is and put it down sometimes. Well, that's right. And I think we're all seeing that. We're all seeing and also think, thinking, well, thank God, certain aspects of our lives weren't documented. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, did. I wasn't born to make a documentary of my life. I was no, born to live no. it. <laughs> that's right. So it's kind of, it, it, you know, these pluses and minuses to everything. But the fact that Havina's parents, her parents were the trailblazers. And mm. I think she, she, it's what's driven her is the gift that her parents gave her. Havina is obligated to use that gift of Mm -hmm. being able and having the freedom to live as a female to then turn around and open that door to enable other female, Mocklin females, to have a life as a happy female Mocklin. And it's something I angst over, and I'm sure you'll understand that whole scene where she strategizes with Topa mm-hmm. about getting Topa in the mix there because it's almost like she can't help herself because there is the solution right in front of her. It's taking, it's difficult, the system they have, it's slow and it's tedious and it takes a long time to just rescue one baby. But if you mm-hmm. had someone right there on the oval who could just press that button, um, but I did angst about that. You yeah. know, in the moment, I, it seemed like it was Havina was thinking of the greater good and not the. It was absolutely the greater good. And I had many conversations 
with Seth because he knew I was angsting and I'm like, she's just a child. Yeah. And he'd go, look, 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 this is what revolutionary people do for the greater good, for the greater good. She's not, to be fair on Havina, we all think the bad Mocklin guys have gone. Mm-hmm. So we're not, I'm not thinking, well, if I proposition Topa, that there's going to be any negative consequences. Yeah. Because all of the characters, I mean, at the, the dining scene, it's when it said, oh, they've already left. Yeah. You know, and so Havina's calculating that. And, in fact, you see it when they're in the room, the, her office with Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. And um, Topa says to her, I want to know more about your 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 revolution. And, and, and you can see it in Havina's eye. She goes, our. Yeah. Opportunity was right yeah, there. You can see the clock is the wheel is turning about, mm. oh, my God, this is more than just a gift of finally meeting Topa and having that history with her. And Imani was just, ah, uh, you know, the, there is that saying that actors shouldn't work with children or animals. But for me, it's just, it never gets more magical. Mm-hmm. Just looking at that young woman, that, that innocence, that, Purity, she, she is gifted. I think that that Amani's going to have an enormous career because there's yeah, she's great simplicity and a truth and an openness and a vulnerability about her. She's just magical working with her. I just have to look at her and she'd make me cry. So, yeah. um, listen, you know, I know we've got to wrap up soon, and I'm going to say this to whoever your listeners are is that I was born very very emotional that's the way god made me i was <laughs> hypersensitive and overly emotional child and it wasn't easy for my my mum and my brothers and sister because i was always cry 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 at the drop of a hat <laughs> so sensitive but the irony is now i get paid to cry <laughs> and, it, and it's working very well for the orville that is, that is for sure so um, i do believe we're given gifts we're born with certain gifts for a certain reason so just relish those gifts and utilize them whenever you can yeah and also uh, being uh, extra sensitive growing up means you can see what other people are going through uh you know if they're if they're too sensitive you can kind of understand why or if they're not sensitive enough uh you can maybe see them trying to hide or protect themselves uh from their emotions which a lot of people do uh but yeah Havina is definitely an Orville icon and that's thanks to you and I want to thank you for for having this chat with me I wish we could just go on for hours and hours and hours because I got Lots of things uh, character-wise that I'd love to talk about. But I'll uh, do it again. Look, I, I'm always happy to. Uh, I'm always happy to talk about something we're all passionate about, and and it really is a, a privilege. And I'll, I'll just forever be very grateful to Seth for choosing me when I went in those years ago, 2017, uh, to audition. You know, I'm mm. I'm glad he chose me for Havina because. He already in his head, and you can see it in season two, season three, he's already got storylines and mm-hmm. years and character journeys. Already, you know, when he bought introduced Dolly in, in, in um, season two, Sanctuary, when he mm-hmm. turned Savina on to Dolly. Yeah. 
I'm sure Seth, even way back then, thought, okay, we go to season three. I've got to find a way of bringing Dolly back. Yeah, that would be great. Well, the Orville can time travel sometimes now. Yes, it can. So maybe we'll get the real Dolly, not the holographic Dolly. Yeah, yeah. But we we were really um, so lucky and so blessed and to to be able to actually be there in person to create that scene with Dolly. And and again, it t- takes an enormous person like Dolly to make that happen and say, hey, this is this is great. This, I've, I've never done something like this. I'd love to support these guys. It's clever. It's brilliant. She's my hero. You know, she's Helena's yeah. hero and she's a hero to many people out there. So it was my privilege and absolute pleasure to have done that that scene with with the one and only Dolly Parton and yeah. um, thanks again to 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 our cre- to Havina's creator Seth McFarlane and all the writers and John Caesar our director and the entire cast and crew who made this show it's so goddamn good New Horizons yes it really really is. a lot of people are saying it's the best sci-fi they have ever seen and sci-fi is just a bit of it i mean it's a it's a it's a show telling stories human truths and 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 exploring the human condition which is what i appreciate so much about the series and uh we have no idea yet if we're getting a season four but fingers crossed and we we don't put our fingers crossed yeah we don't know havina's fate yet we got a couple episodes to go but hopefully we'll see her more as well well, I think there's two clues we've got so far about the last two episodes, nine and ten. Nine is called domino. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a, obviously a domino effect of what went down yeah. in eight, because literally now Mocklin's out of the union. The, you know, mm-hmm. you've got the crew, you've got all the elements there of like this could lead to war. And then, of course, the last episode is aptly, <clears throat> sorry, titled. Uh, unknown future yeah yeah unknown future so the titles themselves give us clues i'm so excited like you guys i can't wait i can't wait to see and hopefully we'll get an announcement which will make the future known (laughs) for the orville uh fingers crossed in that that would be good now i'm with you guys um because i just think it's a phenomenal show and i think they've just earned that fourth season with with season Three and it's actually a miracle, really, that it got shot and it did take so long. Because a little uh, behind the scenes fact here is in 2020, March, April, April 2020, I'd had my my pre-production appointments, which is you you meet with the uh, makeup artist Howard Burge. He said, "Oh, you still look the same, so we don't have to do a lot of changes with Davina's makeup." I met with the wardrobe, the cost, phenomenal costume designer, and uh, I was about to go in and film my first scene mm-hmm. on Monday. And on that Sunday, I got the call: "We're pulling the plug. The order oh. is shutting down." Yeah. So it got shut down for 2020, and yeah. they they tried again to start up again November later at the end of the year, but then the, kept getting it shut down. And then finally, I finally got to do my parts in April 2021. So that's the reason why there was that extra year, because we lost a whole year. Yeah. Due, and, due to COVID. and from what we, from, from, from this season, the quality of it and the, and just how big it is, this show 
deserves to go un you know uh, it deserves to to do a season without any problems just keep filming it and doing what uh uh seth has uh, wants to create uh so hopefully we get that fourth season and they can just have a an easy time doing all the work that they want to do fingers crossed because i think if we get a season four, if the Orville gets a season four, then it's it's just going to blow everybody's minds because I think New, New, New Horizons has just blown everybody's minds, including all of us who work in it. And it's like, man, you know, you always have to go with everything, whether it's a film or if you're doing a sequel to a film or a TV show your next season, you always aspire to top what has come before. So... Not only Dolly. I mean, could Dolly come back in, in season four? One would hope so, but... Maybe she'll become part of the crew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think, yeah, she's got a busy life. But I tell you right now, as an actor, I know this to be true. When you, you're watching great shows, there are a ton of actors out there that will be going, hey, Seth, I'd I want to come and do an episode. Hey, Seth, I want to come and do an episode. Because that's what actors do. We want to be on good shows. We want to go and have fun and get great material and work with good people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think season four would be epic in terms of, guest stars oh uh, yeah yeah including you <laughs> fingers crossed fingers crossed well I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you go i'm uh, sure you got a, a lot of stuff going on and uh zoom is about to stop recording anyway because there's a time limit i guess but thank you so much i mean seriously we'll just have to go out to dinner sometime and, and chat about all this <laughs> Thank you. Well, I ain't going to come to the desert during summer. Mark my words. I oh, had, yeah. What I the... had very good friends living where where you're living. And I went actually went through Arizona last year around this time. Mm-hmm. And I finally went to the Grand Canyon. And uh, I said, oh, my God, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of that town we stopped in in Arizona before the um, the Hoover Dam. And it's, it's just, I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. it. We'll have lunch or dinner there one day. Hey, I'll let you yeah. know. But hopefully, we can do this again and and talk more story about uh, what we're all very very passionate about is that that world of sci-fi. And uh, you know, I'm I'm lucky. I, I'm blessed. I mean, I don't say this often, but it's a fact. I'm the only female in the world to have worked with both George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Wow. And I'm going to add Seth MacFarlane to that. You know, there's only six actors who've worked with uh, those uh, Spielberg and Lucas, but I'm actually the only female. Mm. And so now here I am, thanks to Seth MacFarlane. I'm the first female Mocklin. Yeah, I was going to say, you're one of the only females <laughs> that was on that was on Mocklin's. Pretty, pretty damn cool. Pretty yeah. damn cool, you know. I think I'll have to write the book one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being Mocklin. Hey, that's a good title. I've got to put my air conditioner back on now because, yeah, I'm getting hot right now. And uh, um, nice to speak with you. And hopefully we'll do it again another day, eh? Uh, Absolutely. I'm up for it. Anytime you want. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, we can't do the force be with you. We've got to come up with something for the Orville. We have to make something a little bit more uniquely the Orvillians, though. Well, I always always say Jalo Jalong and Prosper, which is... Uh, a Bordis, uh, Bordis's Jalogia mixed with Star Trek, Live Long and Prosper. 
Never, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm going to ponder upon that. If I come up with any with a line of genius, don't worry, I'll put it out there. Yeah, I'll put it out there. Hashtag it, and I'll be sharing it all over the place. Well, I'll be watching you guys and watching everything as we watch episode nine and ten. Oh, can't, can't wait! I can't wait tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow we have to wait, tomorrow. but I can't wait. I know. It's like this last week. It's been like that with every episode. It's like mm-hmm. straight, as soon as it's available, I'm on there. I'm watching it. Yeah, I watch as soon as it comes out. Enjoy the home run, guys, and we'll see you again soon, hopefully. All right, bye now. Take care, bye. Go Dolly! Go Dolly! Thank you so much to Peter and Rena for joining the Egotastic Fun Time podcast. You know, I just want to talk to people that have interesting stuff to say that I'm interested in, and hopefully you're interested in as well. We want more Orville. Peter and Reno want more Orville. The cast wants more Orville. The crew wants more Orville. But most importantly, the fans want more Orville. Hashtag Moreville. Hashtag Fourville. And I want to know, uh, do you think there's a chance? The Seth seems to think there's a pretty good chance. But of course, nothing is official as of yet. Someday that'll be official. It'll be officially renewed or officially canceled. Uh, but right now that has not happened. And I keep hearing from the cast and crew that the Orville wasn't. Someone said that the Orville uh, was such a great show. Uh, the cast and crew are saying no, the Orville is a great show. There possibly will be more. Uh, that has been said. Very recently. Uh, I hope you guys are looking forward to it. I know I am. I hope you're looking forward to uh, listening to more of these interviews and more of these uh, thoughts and the love that I have for this series. We're going to be doing a lot more than just uh, talking to the cast and crew. There's also going to be other people in the Hollywood spectrum that makes entertainment that we're going to be talking to. That uh, doesn't have anything to do with the Orville, but sometimes we'll have a little bit to do with the Orville. And, of course, we'll be talking specifically about the Orville. Us together during the live podcasts. Um, I also have some, some things I'm cooking up. Uh, going, Doing some deep dives into every episode that the Orville's put out so far. And uh, I can't wait to, to, to share it with you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Thank you for supporting the show, EgotasticFunTime.com. And the real support, the heavy-duty support, comes from uh, checking out Egotastic Fun Time on Patreon and making a contribution. Uh, I'm just glad you guys are here. See you later. And remember, we all do better when we all do better. Love you. Bye-bye.